0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people
1: today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery.
0: Searching my soul I know what I want But I just don't know how to go about giving Feeling sweet feelings Drops from my fingers, fingers Many depression is capturing my soul
1: Welcome to episode 18 of the Clinically Depressed Andy Takes That Chance podcast. There's a little bit of Jimi Hendrix there just for those of you who listen to me and Cosy on Saturday evening. Unfortunately for you, uh, if you take a look at premierinjuries.com, we have Neil is sadly out with an ankle injury, so he is not fit to podcast today. Danny G, I think he's away doing some form of Christmas shopping. And I did ask Ollie Fisher if he would like to step in. And Ollie said that his mum was making his tea for him, so he couldn't do it tonight. So if you want to tweet at Ollie Fisher and ask what he had for tea or what his mum made him for tea, please feel free to do so. So what that means is you've got myself, Matt, and you've got the man in the comfy massage heating chair, Richard Kosmala. Um, a rather intimate candlelit setting for us today, Cosy. Ma, I wouldn't. Honestly, if this would have been two days ago, I wouldn't have been here. But I did the
0: old, use your congalo, is a doubt, doubtful, unlikely, and then just turns up for business like you do. So, yeah, good to be here, but sounding a bit like Barry White today.
1: So, a team that didn't turn up for business, and <laughs> me and you were, uh, I wouldn't say upset in the car park, but a little bit defeated and downtrodden. Um, Uddersfield Town, nil. Newcastle one. For me, I thought Newcastle were every bit as bad as the Fulham team that turned up a couple of months ago. I thought they were dreadful. Yet they've come away beaten us one nil, and created more clear-cut chances than us. And we're not going to go too far down the depressive route because I can hear people switching off right now yeah. across SoundCloud's been closed. X has been clicked all over the place. But there were a couple of question marks about the game on Saturday, in particular the system and the four-three-three that was employed by David Wagner with Chris Lurva at that time stood up alongside De Poitra and Alex Pritchard. It was a bit of a, a weird setup, Cosy.
0: Yeah, we were saying last week that it's hard to second guess a Wagner. You know, team selection. Obviously, we, we were discussing last week. There was doubts. We knew, obviously, Moy was out. We didn't know about Hog. I think we quoted him twenty five percent off that website. Did you get that figure from? Obviously, yeah. fake news or, but probably what twenty five percent? Yeah, Hogg, no,
1: no, he, he was. Yeah, Premier yeah, injury. He probably at home,
0: played twenty yeah. five percent fake because that's the kind of guy. He's an absolute warrior. So, yeah. I was surprised Eric Durham, uh was out of the plans to be honest mate uh, didn't see he'd, he'd kind of done a lot lot wrong really but yeah I think going back to kind of being a bit down I think we all knew the importance of the game it was quite interesting after the game talking to some of the Newcastle fans up in town and even one at work and yeah they'll take the win but they, they were kind of a bit even though you'd said they had more chances Matt and I, and I know I like packages can sometimes put a different slant on things but and I did watch Matt the other day I, coming back after a good drinking session I'll say that so when I watched it when I were all in kind of one piece we looked to be the better side and, and it was almost like a smash and grab but I think what we said on, on, on Saturday it stands today that I think if we'd been playing till now we wouldn't have scored and it was such a big game even a draw mate a scruffy draw keeps us kind of in there and and, and kick on Southampton and I was really good because the the guy summed it up afterwards in in the gas club for me. He said, "Mate, this is my I can't remember ex Mate, you were, were rubbish. Sorry, let's get it right, mate. We were rubbish, but you were even worse. w oh, stronger words to that effect, which summed it up to me.
1: I'd argue that they were worse than us, but they came away with a win. To be honest, um, possession wise, yeah. I th- watching the highlights on Sky, and before Newcastle had scored in the second half, we'd had eighty nine percent possession and and then Newcastle obviously smash and grab is what they do you know they they spoil games they kill games they slow it down they they i genuinely couldn't watch what they do week in week out it's horrible football to watch it's real sort of anti football and in a in a sort of real negative way but because it's Rafa Benitez and because it's Newcastle it often gets quite overlooked because you know it's a big club doing it but the the way they play is really he didn't have any really chance Rafa to be fair after the game he he, he said to me quite openly that look we knew
0: they'd play a high line, you knew they'd press forward, turn the full-backs forward and what have you, but we always were looking to catch them on the break, which they did in spectacular style, so yeah, get what you say, Matt and I wouldn't want to watch it every week, but I'd rather have what we had against Man United last year, what was it, 21% possession or what have you, and have the win. It's one of the stats that I really dislike in football, and I think we were all unanimous, even on in our group chat on Sunday, when you know people 74%, I, I, it does my head in when people come out of percentage, yeah, we can use it to say, to seal feel the... Uh, more competitive now than they w- used to be because of the last season we were really struggling on the wrong end of the per- percentage but if you're not testing the keeper you know then it doesn't matter I'm not bothered so I on a Saturday give me 15% possession and, and a draw or a win than, than what we saw on Saturday
1: just yeah I'm not hiding behind that I know. no I'm, I'm with you because yeah. possessions account are calculated based on how many passes you've you've done and you can easily get a high pass rate just by the goalkeeper and the two centre backs knocking it around together, and you're not really achieving anything on that. And it's not I'm not saying that's what we do, because we try and get the ball forward a bit, a bit quicker. But I think possession stats can be a bit misleading. It's not certainly not, uh, you know, in the same bracket as you know the territorial stats, whereby you can see how long you've spent camped in each different you know part of the part of the pitch, but percentage where it 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 was a it was a real killer and to be honest we're still down a little bit today um slightly slightly cheerier because there's another game on the horizon but the um it's it's a tough one because we, we we sat there before last week and we said look we have to win you know we we failed to beat brighton we failed to beat crystal palace we failed to beat these teams we need to we need to beat newcastle and potentially take six from them and Southampton and it's a, it's a bad start to two massive games
0: it is but there's two common denominators with a Palace game on Saturday they were both sensational goals cutting edge absolute class Premier League top quality from two teams who for me are not Premier League top quality and I don't think we have that as much as we say we've got hard work we've got graft, but we haven't got their goal was sensational as much as they've got players who I probably wouldn't swap many of ours for you were brilliant football it opened us up to him beautiful passes Rondon who I'm not a I don't rate him that much. No. Beautiful I don't. finish. Obviously, Czar, I don't want to kind of make everyone mad again by mentioning his name. But, yeah, and, and that's where the difference them two games and And you always know that your top six are going to have that class, you know, like we saw at Arsenal the other week. But you, you're up in that we're not going to see it from them teams. And, and they did. And I think we said it on Saturday, Matt. But the last 30 minutes, 35 minutes, or whatever it was, we got playing the world. We, yeah, it was finished, mate. I, I, we were only one goal behind, we, but for me, it we, was we were well, done. Yeah. We
1: were done, mate. The the problem, obviously, I, it's it's serious. I was watching the highlights, and again, Keith Andrews. He seems to do his every week on with Sky, and again, he's 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 constantly going. He's going. The problem with Huddersfield is they don't score enough goals, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And but everybody seems to think it's a goal scorer is going to fix this. Mm. Um, De Poitras had a couple of chances. He's he's made a real meal out of the one really early on where the ball's come across. He's got a head of Lascelles, I think it was. And he just had to really sort of head it towards goal and he's kind of leant back and tried to volley and he's hooked it over. It's, I think what our strikers, what I think I said this on Saturday, but what our strikers are really good at doing is turning half chances into no chances and, and proper chances into half chances, whereas we look like we need someone who's gonna turn a half chance into a clear cut one and somebody like that is gonna cost a lot of money. Yeah. Um The thing is I think to to be fair to Keith
0: Andrews and, you know, the people Wagner's come with and if he didn't to be fair he denied it on Saturday. He says most you know, most of our games this season we've had the chances. He didn't feel Saturday that we create them chances were different to the other games. I think he, he said something along then them lines. So I know what you're saying there about the striker, but I think probably the facts are we are creating more chances. All right, not you know loads compared to quite a lot of the teams, but the, a striker would have, in my opinion, compared to last year's others to a town a chance of you know kind of keeping us in the Premier League. I mean, my, back to the day analysis has been so much maligned by everyone you know on this pod and, and tweets and stuff. But I've stopped that, watching it. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't watching. know if you did watch Alan Shearer. did some really good analysis on us. Apart from as usual, they miss out. The Lascelles attacker which probably will come on to in a bit, but but he was just mentioning about De Potja and and there were no better of attacker of an edit, you know, than Alan Shearer. And he would just say what well, he should have just cut that I mean that, that hook one, that was another example, that was a great chance. But that you know, the header, you know, it's just like if he'd attacked if he'd attacked that near post, he would have buried that head. he would have done that last year. He would have scored that last year. And it was it it's such a sad sight and I know probably I probably wrecked your running audit it again, Matt, but to me it was a really sad sight seeing De Proter not make any attempt was it really barely chased the ball down that kind of sniff at the end it just looked a a beaten man a man you know I know some people have said he's been lazy or what have you maybe it was something that would have been clattered into the adverts but I just looked at that I thought that is such a sad sight from a man who was lauded if you pardon me Pone Chelsea legend he'll go down history no matter what happens from here on in but
1: To go from that in May to that just before Christmas, it would have just a sad moment for me. And just you said on Saturday before, I think by a WhatsApp maybe not not on the uh, post match stuff, but you said, can you name one striker that's that's gone from up there, you know, as as Mm. as so revered and so popular and and working so hard and talented to someone who's dropped off the face of the you know in terms of how they're playing, and I'm I'm still struggling to think of anybody who's kind of come in and scored goals, looked really sharp, looked really good. and
0: A few people, I'll throw it back at you, Matt, it's normally you are asking the questions, but quite a few people I've spoke to, kind of friends and what have you, they're their questioning his work ethic, you didn't say in the last month. And, and that's something that I've always thought is granted. I mean, but then I would kind of say, well, hang on a minute, Arsenal, we were sat here saying, oh, great, you know, he was charging into things and, you know, he looked a man possessed, obviously, the quality, you know, in front of goal, that's what we want to see. But, and, but some people are genuinely believe that I don't know whether they've got it in for him but he's just not working as hard as as he was last season but do you see that or do you just think it's just a lack of quality
1: no uh, I don't think he um, I don't think it's dropped off his effort to be honest um, I think the quality dropped off something running, something chronic but for me he's still working hard but I, the one thing that I noticed last season and, and it's this season as well which I think people have maybe alluding to is that he's very reactive in what happens so you see Mounier is constantly reading he's constantly on the move whereas De Poitras is always so static until something breaks or falls and then he sprints towards it and that often gives the illusion that he's working harder than what he actually is um, so you'll see a ball will go forward he'll, he'll lose the header you know and then it'll it'll drop off a it'll drop off wide somewhere and he'll he'll sprint and go out there and and to it but he won't he won't read the situation and for me one of the problems with de Poitre is that he doesn't read situations anywhere near as well as Mounier and he's very reactive to everything that happens so so what you often see is the ball going forward and him sprinting at somebody into an area and it, it, often people think look at de Poitre sprinting there he's he's working really hard but in reality he should have been there seconds earlier or he should have been on the move seconds early and anticipating mm. what's happening. And one of the key things for me is DeProix never really anticipates apart from maybe that ball over the top which, you know, he's he scored a couple of goals from he, he very rarely anticipates what's happening.
0: Yeah, I mean again, sorry to dig up old footage, but Man United last season, the you know, the Lindelof mess, that he anticipated that and finished mm-hmm. with a plum. But sad to see. And one thing I do wonder and God, a claxon alert maybe even a, a criticised critical uh, you know of the uh, of the high almighty but I just wonder whether Wagner's loyalty because he's such a law manager with his players he's, he's maybe going to have a bit of a a negative effect on others so I, I'm thinking someone like Elias Kachunga he, he must be sit, sat on that bench thinking hang on a minute here as much as I love the potter give me a chance you know whether this is good enough for a Premier League striker we don't know but how long do you leave it before we do something different. I get that we've been without Mounier for three games, and maybe four if you include most of the Brighton game, but it must be so frustrating for them other guys. And, and I'm just thinking, surely there comes a point where, as much as you're lolly and he is technically a striker, maybe Kajunga is not technically a striker, but do something different. I, I I just think, if I were coming into training, and training the house down, and just seeing what we're seeing, you know, like we have seen, for me, after the Bournemouth game, I I would have done something different, and I'm not just saying it after Saturday, for a couple of games, but but no, and this is the problem, because and I think maybe that one of the reasons why he's kind of, I don't know, but body now is kind of tailed off in the last half now, because I think he must have known it, don't matter what I do, you know, and Richard Sutcliffe, I think, entered this on the, in his report on Monday in the Yorkshire Post, saying he's pretty much knows he's going to be replaced on Saturday, and I just think
1: the thing is if he if he she puts the like ball that. in the net and he works hard he's not going to be replaced that's no, that's, that's so it shouldn't be the attitude that, that if he does have yeah. that he shouldn't have that attitude because if he scores a goal he's, he keeps his shirt mm. you know that's that's how it works in football and I don't think mm. I I don't think from knowing a few people behind the scenes at Huddersfield you know who've worked there in, in other capacities that Wagner is pretty um, what's the word I'm looking for he's uh clinical maybe he's he's very sort of um he he wouldn't hesitate in replacing anybody in that team with somebody better if something came along you know he, he he's loyal he'll he's very um he builds people up but he's also he can also be very critical as well behind the scenes but what he may say in front of a camera and what he may say behind it are often perhaps you know two different things and i think one thing that i think's become noticeable with david wagner which i was going to talk about in a bit but there seems to be a couple of cracks, maybe. Not not so much cracks, but there's a little bit of a change in his post-match uh, routine, if you like. Because usually he's very honest and he's very much, you know, yep, you know, we've got to accept what's happened today. We've lost the game. We have to accept it. We've got to move on. And that was always really refreshing. But he's kind of stopped doing that now. And he's started to whinge about officials and things going against us a bit. And I've never really seen him do that before. Uh, and it seems to have happened... A little bit lately and he's become a bit he's not quite the sort of ambivalent happy-go-lucky guy anymore he seems to i don't know whether he's kind of stuck a bit himself you know in in kind of a a bit of a rut but to me there does there does need to be some form of change and i don't think it's i I was going to mention this a bit later on but i might as well jump into it but i don't think it's going to be system related people keep saying why don't we play the wingers etc we, we've seen what happens when we play wingers. You know the wingers don't get into the box. The wingers don't overlap. They don't. They don't attack. You know it, they don't cut in and attack as as much as what you would perhaps expect them to do. And Neil put a tweet out actually um, about what strikers. I think it was on Neil's actual private account rather than the. And he takes that chance one. So he says what what strikers are actually feasible. You know Defoe, Morpé, Watkins, Solanke, Abraham, Sumbalonga, etc and we had quite or Neil had quite a bit of response to that whereby people are sort of looking at you know Dom Solanke um, Terry Acase he thinks it'll definitely be Solanke and it could go either way unless we spend on a big unknown Um, Michael Casey mentions Mario Gomez um, recently bought for 2.5 million at Stuttgart with a year left on his contract Um, Eddie Hoyle haircut club uh, says realistically, out of those, it'll be Solanke on loan. I doubt Town will pay him money for what's needed for the rest term. Dale Marsden, who I wound him up well, tried to wind him up a little bit earlier in the week by calling him a misery win. Obviously, after the if you listen to the post match, it's a bit rich, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, he makes a fair point where he says Solanke isn't really that experienced. And it's something I mentioned you know, when we were talking about Defoe the other week is that Solanke's not a prolific Premier League goal scorer and he's not played that many games really it's a big risk just to bring him in and rely on him and I think he's probably a bit right to be honest um, but for me there's people saying sign Jermaine Defoe three years ago maybe for me I think he's probably past it now if you look at his Bournemouth appearances uh, Fernando Llorente has been mentioned but for me and David Wagner itself there's there's a different kind of change I, I would like to see and um, you look slightly worried there Cozy I'm not going to say change the manager I'll never, never say that with David Wagner. I'm a massive fan um but I think what what I've talked about before on this podcast and and the amount of times I must have said static is is quite ridiculous you' probably hear me saying static rigid static rigid you know like a broken yeah, record yeah. and it's got to the point now whereby I don't think signing a new striker fixes anything. To be honest, I mentioned on Saturday the supply lines aren't good enough either because De Poitras getting into areas, but the crosses aren't very good. But why the crosses aren't very good is because De has got four men around him mm. and he's the only man in the box. And this is something which is really going to have to change for me personally. And I know why we why we do it because if we commit more men in the box, we get countered so easily through the middle of the pitch. And it seems to be... A fear factor that we can't commit too many men forward because we're going to get turned over on the break if we don't do something with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that probably answers the question that I was going to mention there because I was going to go back to those, obviously late Championship days. We saw Mark Hudson put forward, you know, into the box and effortly, obviously. We've seen it with
1: Schindler this season as well. Yeah, so we've been been done with Schindler. Photo. But that, that was my thing on Saturday. I was just thinking, come on. A Premier League team should not be no. throwing a centre-back forward.
0: It was clear, Matt, that there was nothing going to change as, as if it just went the distance what it is. I mean,
1: I know he loves. Uh, I know Wagner loves control, doesn't he? He's, yeah, he's, he's he's he loves control of football. There. He's never been. No, no, game. it's it's quite ironic because when we yeah. first came in, we were we pasted a few teams, didn't we? Remember we beat Charlton five yeah. one. We went to Bellend Road and won four one, didn't we? And we, right. we yeah. yeah, we we, we have had some teams, but then we kind of curtailed that somewhat, yeah. mostly for control and the system that we played. Like people keep. Tweeting towards me saying, We need to play wingers, we need to play four, three, three, we need to play four, two, three, one, three, five, one, two. None of it genuinely matters until we change our approach. And the you know, I keep saying as well that the first third and the second third, we are really good. We are a really good side and Wagner's nailed it, you know, in the defensive and the middle third. Where we've not nailing it at the minute is obviously in that attacking third and Obviously, the guy knows far more than I will ever know. You know, David Wang knows far more than I will ever know about tactics and how to play and the best out of players. But from a fan in the crowd, what, what I look at is is really that we need to start breaking lines. And by that, I mean, you never often see, when, when, when Moy gets the ball or Williams or whoever gets the ball in midfield, you never really see them pass into space. And one of the wingers actually make an early run to try to get round the back. It's always defeat. It's always about trying to get somebody one-on-one in a situation. And the only player that will ever break lines usually comes from right-back. And it's usually Had and I flying forward from right-back. You never really see... Um, if we play two in midfield, you'll never see the central midfielder kind of run beyond, you know, run beyond Pritchard. You'll never see Pritchard run beyond De Poitre. And, and for me, that's something I would like to see change. I understand that we might get countered a bit more and we might need to struggle. But for me, we need a bit of a system rethink whereby we do need to remain solid because we need to be able to stay in games to nick them. You know, we, we, Talent-wise, we're not up there with the best in, in the country, in, in the Premier League. But we've also got to be a bit braver in possession. We've got to look to maybe get... you know, If Depuatra drops off, he's holding the ball. There was an incident on Saturday where Sobe came on and he came in from the right. Did he? Apparently. Right. He came in from the right and he played the ball into Depuatra with his back to goal and then just backed off five yards to receive the ball back. I don't want to see that. I want to see him give the ball and then run beyond Poitra to try and get in one of the channels.
0: Yeah, they did that bombs. It was quite funny with Sobe. so Again, I just I nipped a saw a subs board coming up. I heard Rambo shout out Ramadan right, Sobey. I know. I honestly couldn't remember seeing him ever have the ball. I mean, I know South stand and we were attacking the uh, you know the north stand in the second half. But yeah, I can't remember seeing him really in that as well. It were. Uh, he, had a, few, so he had a few. So disappointed money because you knew we'd lost to a poor side and the Newcastle fans weren't ashamed to tell us that he like rubbing his faces in it. Where I think Palace have a few delusions of grandeur and what have you. I think Newcastle know where they are. I. I we met some great fans throughout the day and they were really good. But I'd love to have shut their hands and said,
1: you know. You don't see love. many on Twitter though, to be fair, do you? No, Twitter's <laughs> so. not a barometer of
0: real life as we all know. As uh, we'll come to later on next with our ben, whopper of, ben, of the ben, week. Ben, yeah. <laughs> but, um yeah. Bad
1: day. So there were three yeah. controversial incidents in the game, um, which could have maybe gone either way. Uh, one of them actually <laughs> went in our favour for a change. I thought Anthony Taylor refereed the game reasonably well. I didn't have, really have any complaints, to be honest with you. Um, speaking so, speaking of departure, Lascelles absolutely took him out on the touchline, didn't he? Is that when you when you think about Mounier, what he got sent off for? Would you then? look at that challenge by LaSalle's where he's kind of scissored De around the thigh and would you say maybe that should be a red card? Well, Guy Mowbray's a fair
0: commentator uh, and he, again, you probably didn't, you know, you know, watch the match of the day stuff, but he would like, wow, that, you know, was very lucky just to get a yellow. Guy Mowbray was good at saying that should have been a red card. Uh, the angle that I had, I was thinking, wow, that's a, Strong challenge, obviously went into the adverse, but it would a wet day and what have you. But agriculturally, yeah. but, but if I'd have been sat in the riverside, yeah, the way he he hooked his leg around that—that's a leg breaker all day long, hundred percent. And, God, no, everyone must be bored of me saying far this and far that. But I, I'm thinking that's going to get a red on VAR, you know, next season. And uh, yeah, I, I, again, I don't like as you know, I'm not a big one for getting me violin out with decisions and stuff, but. I, yeah, that for sure, that was another one. I think that that we should have had. That's another
1: one maybe gone against us. Yeah. The other one as well is when Christian Atsu's gone in on Lursel as well. I don't think it's really been picked up by many, but when he challenged Lursel, his, his foot has gone up and he, studs and he stood on Lursel's knee, similar to what Mounier did as well. Um, and again, that's kind of gone a bit unnoticed by the referees. Oh, the things like that are hard to pick up on. lursel has gone down. As a goalkeeper, you go down with arms and legs and you expect a bit of a, bruising sometimes you know I speak from experience on that but he did leave his foot in a bit cheeky there a bit late did Atsu and again that's another one that could have gone but you look at it on the flip side how played Perez on <laughs> so well so want it. Oh, wow. yeah so you know he's, he's onside yeah. is Perez there
0: so we had one in it because I remember it but well, one of those you know you get your gut feels don't you at the time and say I'm behind the goal pretty much every week so it's hard to really gauge but it just all felt, ooh, he's miles off. I, I never contemplated he would even kind of close. And No, it was wow, like, wow. When you when were kind of getting some of the tweets later on from the, some of the journals, like, you were well on. I thought, what? But yeah. I keep saying I did have a good drink. But yeah, 100%, we got lucky. But but to be fair, Matt, we were one down, and I
1: thought we were done then, so 2-0. A lot of people stopped. To be yeah. fair, Lussell stopped, the defenders stopped. So what? you never know what yeah. c- could potentially happen, but I think it was a nice finish. To- yeah I think he's he's the kind of player I li- I, I really like Kayazi Perez I think he's underrated by Newcastle fans who seem to think he's rubbish yeah. but I'd I'd have him in a shot me.
0: their goal was unbelievable. it was almost like some Barcelona just burst out of their team. where did that come from they it's, didn't like It like Moby commentary was just the only mm-hmm. bit of quality throughout the day it was just so out of sync with a such a poor game
1: There's two ways to look at that goal there's the, the way if you watch it from a Newcastle perspective you sat there purring out you're thinking this is great. If you watch it from a oh. Huddersfield one, you're thinking, why is, why is Zanka come across there? Why is Congolo not yeah. tracking him? Why is Billing pushing so high up? And it's it's one of those, isn't it, where Newcastle fans all think yeah. it's great. And it, uh, from us, you think, why are our defence all over the shop here? What There's no reason for them to be there. Well, you know with us, Matt, the, their passing were
0: intricate and, and ice cold. I'm not, I'm not even counting inc- the wrong It was quick and yeah, Part of me still thinks our final ball would have gone to a centre-back or what have you. Maybe who knows <laughs> one day that'll change, but... Yeah, it would have her and uh, yeah, I'm all about positives, mate. So we win on on Saturday, we watch Arsenal beat Burnley on uh, Saturday
1: dinner time, and we're out of the bottom three. So yeah, let's <laughs> let's get off Newcastle because yeah, me get, and you, me and you, you know, we're, our wrists yeah. are hanging out a little bit. here. So, Cosy, we've had a few people asking, you know, with Van der Parra and whatnot. We've been asking for people have been saying what's going on with him, what's going on with that. So I've had a a quick look, and the injury situation. Huddersfield Town is and we'll cue the music. So, the Aaron Moy news has obviously hit us quite hard, but for those looking, so premierinjuries.com is actually a really, really good website if you want to um, have a look what's going on. Uh, We've got Danny Williams with a knee injury. He's got a medial knee injury in training. He is going to be out for 10 weeks, so a potential return date is 23rd of February, 2019. Uh, Sabiri has undergone an operation to repair a broken collarbone he is has a potential return date of the 9th of Feb <coughs> so too does Aaron Moy who has a MCL tear in his right knee uh, Tommy Smith uh, has torn his right hamstring uh, he will return at the end of January likely around the 20th of Jan and Reggie van der ha- currently has no return date with his Mystery back injury. I think I see one there. Neil Wayne
0: uh, out for two weeks. Think like that. Just before, after they burn the game, it looks like.
1: And we will support you, our brothers in arms. Yeah. Goals is. I'm not going to get off the negativity just yet. So we're going to talk about in a little bit about the best and worst moments of 2018 and I wanted to have a look at goals scored in this year can you guess how many goals, it's it's home I really want to look at because you kind of make your home your fortress don't you so I've had a look at the goals so could you guess how many goals we've scored so since Boxing Day last year when we, we played Stoke and we drew one all and funnily enough Ramadan so we scored for for Stoke and in scored. Um Since then, at home, Is this including cup. No, we went no no. Goal nap against Birmingham once ninety minutes. That course. was away though. Was that I think at home so we drew one. All, didn't so we?
0: I know this year obviously we've on So got, this
1: is this is only at home as well because we're gonna say you make your homey your fortress right. and this is where you need to be a bit braver in my opinion. Away from home, I've got no issue with you know town kind of shutting up Let shop. Let me have a guess then, Matt and, doing
0: and obviously people who've seen it, seen I've I've done a print off of. Last year and this year, so I honestly have not looked at these so figures eighteen games, my heart.
1: eighteen home games since. Oh, we're just doing
0: home games. Yep, since the thirtieth of
1: December. Oh last God,
0: year. Oof, now that you've thrown me. So ten all seasons.
1: Uh, This is probably where I get 10. picked up on the wrong stat. So, since Boxing Day last year, we've scored. Last season, oh, we, we scored
0: didn't we? So, it must be more than that. so
1: we scored six goals from nine games at home. Wow, well, four of them in one match. Four of those were in one match. <laughs> and this year, we've got three in nine. So we've got nine goals in 18 games, which is one in two. So one goal every two games. You take away the Bournemouth result. Obviously, you can't because it happened. But if you take away that Bournemouth result as a one-off, we have scored five goals in 17 games at home in the Premier League.
0: And You know what, Matt? I think total credit to our fans because, yeah, I know we were playing Walsall and Yeovil and what have you not so long ago and all this lot and and back in the day. But any club bringing out them stats would expect to see protest, boos, individual st- people on people's backs and Honestly, I know. I think there were a bit of booing on Sat, just a, a year after the final whistle. But I didn't really hear any. But no, it's been honestly uh, on I, the highlights. I picked some yeah, up, but I didn't When know you're, where when it you're from. paying a season card and and you know getting them kind of stats, it's, you've got to give total credit to our supporters, really, for sticking in there.
1: Uh, yeah, you, you do. I think to be honest, I think our supports, by and large, it's been great. It, it genuinely, really has. You know, it'd be so easy for them to just turn up. You know, we we watched. Remember, remember the comments we got from Wolves and it was like, oh, beware of the South Bank, etc, etc. Let's show them what a proper atmosphere is. We went 1-0 yeah. up early then. They sat with their thumbs in their mouths for 90 minutes and didn't make an absolute peep. And you don't get that from our fans. Our fans, you listen to the highlights and you can, okay, you can hear clappers and it annoys people, etc, etc. But you can also hear them singing, smile. you can hear Smiler While going a couple of times, you can hear this, that, and the other. And to be fair, Newcastle people were saying afterwards what, what great fans they were, but to be honest, they didn't make much of a peep until they scored as well. I, th- I thought our fans were really good.
0: Yeah. No, I, and it was funny, we're on about kind of way and go absolutely, you know, nuts like we've not seen before. We mentioned about the West Ham fans, we probably said that's the most, I think Neil said that's the most crazy they've ever seen an away fans go after a goal. The Newcastle fans went absolutely yeah, wild did. and because they knew how big that result was. Can I just go back to what you were saying with, about the striker though? Because, Again, I suppose I'll get your opinion, but do you think, because obviously we don't know, we assume we're going to get a striker, but do you think the powers that be, because Wagner's been very clear that you keep playing like this, it'll come, it'll come, you know, we, we'll, we'll, the luck will change, the look will change. Do you think it's just a matter of this, map? The striker's got to work or we're doomed. Can we do anything different with these fringe players or is it just, what do you think? I just, it's I almost, almost it. like this striker's got the biggest pressure there's ever been. I got, the I got I got a tweet like.
1: from uh, Ben Denby um earlier in the week cuz he he wants to see the wingers come back and he he, he sent me the minutes that they've played and you know Sobie would only played I don't think he'd even played 90 minutes yet he's been injured um and Benzer and had only played around 250 I haven't got the exact numbers but they'd only played around 250 minutes each uh, throughout this season and to be honest you never know it it just takes one moment where something clicks for one of them, you know, and Ben and Benzer looks—he always looks like he's on the verge of something. <laughs> he's either on the verge of greatness or or Sunday League, you know. What I mean, it just—it yeah. uh, kind of takes one moment where maybe he curls one from twenty-five yards and it flies in the top yeah. corner. All of a sudden, his confidence flows, and all of a sudden, he's a different player. Uh, Sobia, uh, maybe Soby's the same as well. Maybe you know, maybe one thing happens. Pritchard's not quite clicked, has he for me? And Maybe it just takes him putting one in from twenty five yards and all of a sudden he, he's he's heads up again and yeah. and same for Mounier. Mounier mates might, might score and but for for players it just takes a, a moment and you know, we could get Aaron Moy back and Aaron Moy all of a sudden takes you know, he could drag us over the because he is genuine quality. Um but for me, we've got a, particularly at home, we've got to allow players off you know, we've got to take the breaks off, especially at home. It just feels like when we get to the final third Everybody has to stand still. You know, the, the striker never moves in the box. The ball comes across, and I've been on about this all season. Mooney, no one ever makes a run across the box. They're always studs. There's enough in still. the
0: box; she'd have potted out. Embarrassing, they like six Newcastle defenders and against just one. Were, were rubbish. That's, it's rubbish. It's not got, got to change.
1: And the problem is, when we've played, you know, four-two-three-one, we got promoted with Kachunga often got in the box, but Van La Parra never did, and we'd we'd only have two, maybe three max in the box. You know, you'd have your number 10 I'd slightly hang back a little bit. but And that, and that was... And, and ages ago when we did the episode four with Reese Dinsdale and we were talking about Pritchard and I was saying I wanted somebody a little bit bigger than Pritchard to play number 10, you know, like Izzy and yeah. Casey Palmer was. And the reason for that is because when these balls come in the box, you're not going to see Pritchard no. winning headers and scoring goals from that position. You might if we get a little bit closer in, but... Whereas you know Izzy Brown and, and Palmer scored quite a few goals from us getting you know into that wide position of the ball coming in and that's just why I wanted to see a bit more physicality there rather than, uh, rather than a sort of a dinky little neat player.
0: I tell you what's interesting. I mean, obviously, up in goal stats at home, but I think someone were quite some of our stats. So many of our goals. It, how many are, that haven't been set pieces of our goals? I don't know if you've got that to hand Matt, but we've got no, so there's there's been any goals that so have scored just in normal play. It's all been. Mostly this this pace.
1: is this is the problem and it's because we don't break you know what I mean We we did, in 2017 we did you look at some of the goals in 2017 Moy's goal against Newcastle Kachunga's come across the box from the right and he's played you know played a nice one two we don't play any one twos around the box and we just need to become a bit more break. and for me if that's the thing that needs to change we need to we need to believe a bit more and we'd started to do that a little bit when we moved to that sort of 3-5-1-1 system where Moy and Billing were allowed to join the attack a bit more because we're a little bit more solid behind but it's still and and someone pointed it out I think it was Ian Kilroy on Twitter pointed out that if you're going to play that system then you need your striker to score a lot of goals because you don't get much from elsewhere and he's right Um, we do need goals from all over and and it's not just the striker we need to get goals from other areas especially in that final third we can't keep relying on the centre backs chipping in with Headers. It's
0: incredible to think that we came out of Molyneux, such a great performance, like saying mentioning about the support and what have you. And then again, we, d- we don't know, no one can fast forward it to May and know where we're going to end up. And again, I could have a good feel because t- I think there were a time at last year, as much as I believed, I just felt maybe we were going. But I just wondered we've got that momentum. We had that, you know, good point against West Ham. And I know no matter what you think about Michael Oliver and, and whether Mooney had been done to death, and I got myself in a little bit of a debate with someone but we've got the momentum we're one up and all of a sudden that happens and we lose the next four. it just felt there were that could be our moment mate where this were it and it's incredible to think I, I, I look back and think hang on a minute Wolves were just ending November it feels like end of October we've lost we've lost four straight and it's just like it almost feels like we're scratching around again where I thought we really had some momentum and we did because Brighton were poor but but that sending to, off and the injuries have really sort of yeah, dented us. But we've got to just forget that now. And this is where it's going to be such a test of character for everyone on, on Saturday, you know, on and off the pitch. And I know we've done it to death and when 12th man and this, that and the other. Because I, I don't Sorry, know about I'm you. just
1: I'm just looking on Twitter. I'm just trying to get a tweet up. Um, and there's just so many people taking the mick about Ed and Dzeko coming to this film. Where just, does that come from? It's just a random it's, tweet. Yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I, I watched the Southampton game. what? what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app.
1: At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, on, on Sunday. And honestly,
0: it. It were all, I have not been feeling well as well. And then to see Mr Wopston. Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. Asked, honestly, I've still kinda of not put it to bed. What they asked the people doing and then of, of all people, to get such a goal like that and his big cheesy green and I just thought that's unbelievable. But you know what? The place were bouncing and their clappers were bouncing. They they looked vibrant, they looked good. The guy, you know, put on a bit of an act for the cameras, Ralph, whatever his name is, they looked up for it. So to me, you know people say we're at home and but I, we're underdog on Saturday we've got to forget about what happened Saturday's gone we've got to forget about you know what people have an opinions of whether the pod should be in and that we've really got to give absolutely everything and that's so what this game I know forget about you know in the league table and stuff and we knew we were going to be a big game anyway whether we won last week or not but this now is just I just want this could be
1: this yeah. and Burnley and Fulham are massive
0: yeah they are I just think though if we can because Arsenal they haven't done as many favours to be fair in, in recent times but you'd expect them oh god to beat but we could be out bottom three on Saturdays as, as, and, it, and again it's just crazy to think because it, it, we feel really down you're saying now you're still kind of a bit gutted but we've just got to forget about it and do what we, we're good at just really go for it and, and we have not mentioned one man but again I thought he was a promising kind of camp you know home debut from a guy from another country the last time we saw him was at Stoke City on a Tuesday night kind of being mocked throughout world football shall we say with a 45 yard own goal <laughs> yeah. Junini and Bakuna I thought don't get me wrong without him looking like he were going to you know open up defences I thought he would re- he got better as the game went along horrible conditions thought he was good he looked comfortable on the ball he must have gained so much confidence in that game I, I thought he was you know we were mentioning about positives you mentioned about Philip Billing probably being your favourite but yeah. kind of in reflection, I think Bakuna was a plus point and
1: no, it he was, he was. I think it was alright yeah.
0: he should surely start on
1: Saturday shouldn't he I think you can still see he looks very there's a certain occasions yeah. where he does look very raw and you think what's he doing there and he's tracking of men and he's putting his foot in and letting people get the wrong side um, was was a little bit evident but he, he was definitely a plus point you know he, he 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 tried he ended up very deep at points in the second half I thought first half he, he put a free kick in in the first half which was really clever and obviously nobody read it because he was no, way too clever. No. But it it was it was almost like a straight free kick, and he put so much curve on, yeah. and it just whipped around at the last second. It was a really really good free kick, and he's he's definitely one for the future. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if you've got his songs going to be an hard one to uh, catch on isn't it? Cause Is it not it's Bacuna Matara,
0: Janino, Bacuna, Bacuna. And to be fair, it sounded quite good, a bit like a kind of a war chant, but yeah so if you're there Saturday, that's what we need we need to sing but no I always like town debitance over the years some have sunk some have swim I mean I'm not we played at, at Stoke but yeah that one that, in the positive column on Saturday for me yeah
1: and, and this is this is ultra negative ultra negative cut it cut but, <laughs> but if the worst should happen and we get relegated at the end of the season and we lose Moy and Billing as you would expect we've got someone there who's ready to hopefully step in he looks he looks just short of 20 30 championship games before he's ready to make an impact at this level to me and yeah we've we've got one there that's an interesting project player and if the worst should come to fruition if you like then we've got somebody there who's who's ready made who, who can step in and we don't need to go out and sign x y and z and panic about replacing replacing so and even then you know if we if we do stay up and billing leaves you know as as people are sort of muting at the minute Although I did see a cracking article um, this morning, which was sent to me by Soccer Souls or somebody. And it was about how Philip Billing was destined for a bigger club and that Bournemouth should sign him. I was just looking at it going, bigger club, okay, and then Bournemouth. And I was just like... Yeah, it just depends what your (laughs) definition is, though, because
0: in that analogy you could say Leeds are bigger than whatever and all this lot,
1: but Bournemouth. Probably
0: pay more wages than us, and their fees are a bit bigger than us. But, but yeah, ultimately it's Premier League football, isn't it? We a team that's play positive football, and uh, yeah. But I'll, you know, I'll be up for Saturday. I just hope, especially when you've got two home games back to back, and you've lost the first one, I just hope people don't bring in that stuff from negativity. They maybe the individual I want them to leave it outside the turnstiles on Saturday. I know it's hard, and the stats are damning at home. Not much excitement, but come on we want to see Charlie Austin yeah we'll get on his back we know we're going to be chanting and Austin. open ourselves up to a late winner when he dives on his knees in front of the south stand and probably gets a, a missile thrown at and we get banned or what have you but yeah I honestly think this is the one I put most people finish for Christmas this honestly let's get the place absolutely bouncing on, on Saturday because I honestly think we've you know yeah we're not down if we don't win or lose draw but part of me feels yeah it's, it's
1: not an option we've got to win absolutely um i am I'm, I'm with you i we can win absolutely Mounier will come back in for me um one hundred percent i would i would without Aramoy, there seems no point in playing three central midfielders to me because you you, you pick your best players, don't you you know yeah. we've got three really good center backs and we've got three really good central midfielders, and you kind of want them all on the pitch, so that back three system made a lot of sense um without Moy... I I know Bakuna played quite well against Southampton, but I would probably throw in and Um Where would you play him from the start? I would go back to four two three one. I would not have Lo- <laughs> Chris Lever on the left wing again. Yeah. Um, he's a great player. His out I, I think he could do a job in centre midfield. his Energy levels are incredible, aren't they? Yeah, I, I really like Chris yeah. Leveur. I love how angry he gets when we lose and how it affects yeah. him and how he cares. I, I think and he's and he's a quality player. You just don't But I don't want him, want him up front. It's no, no, <laughs> as simple no. as that. But. I um I would probably go back to a four two three one um I would probably play um Dermot right back um Zanka Schindler Congolo these are providing they're all fit Hogg and Billing as the two in midfield uh Pritchard behind Meunier. and then I would have Benzer on one flank and. I'm a little bit undecided on the other. It probably wouldn't be Chris Lover, Um But it just depends if Rajiv Van Lapara Parre is, is fit or not. We've been asking the question, what's going on with him for weeks? Well, and it, apparently back, it's back come thing, out, he's got a mysterious that back or injury. Or is
0: that? I've not seen it from the club. I, I don't go on their website. I think it was a tweet
1: work. from the official Huddersfield Town one, I think, in passing after the game, apparently. Apparently he's got a back injury, but if he's yeah. fit, is it, like it was as good, good as that play. tweet
0: of Man United with Pogba and uh, yeah, we're just an advertising <laughs> thing that got deleted.
1: Yeah, as, I, I would probably have Van Lepera back in, but or worst comes to worst, you could still play that four-three-three, but I'd rather see him Benzer up there with Pritchard and Mounier rather than Chris Lerma. But there just needs to be a bit more intent from us. Um, the three-five-one-one system's fine when you've got players bombing from deep and they're actually coming forward, but. We don't really have the players to do that now, so we, I think we've got to maybe look at getting more people into the final third and more people who who can unlock defences, really. Um, but we've opened it up to Twitter, our favourite platform. Um, so I don't know if it was you or Neil who tweeted this. No, I think yeah. it must have been Neil. So he's put, so HTFC fans with Southampton at the John Smith Stadium next Saturday, who would you pick? What formation would you use? Uh, De Poitras Munier. should we see wingers unleashed let us know your thoughts so we can discuss on this week's podcast I don't know if I said I'd have De Poitreau up front against um, against Southampton but I wouldn't I'd, I'd definitely put Mounier back in um, so we've had an incredible we've had a lot of responses to this which is really really great so thank you for everybody who's who's got in touch uh, we've had 46 comments which I think is a bit of a record Um so I'll try read out as many as I can because people take the time to get in touch with us, so I always want to try and read these out where I can. Um, so Freddie Cocker says, we need pace up top and more pressing from the front. I'd start Mounier with Kachunga off of him. Uh, same team, otherwise we have no options to draw from. Uh, Scott Bradley says, nothing to lose, so it's super cause up front for me. The hard work in the gym has to pay off eventually. That'll be two apart from
0: this week. I've had a shocking book. <laughs> Sally Scott, I'm uh,
1: 20%. It's not like... Likely the, to play. We're not going to see like De <laughs> with a pint of ale on the bike, I can do we? what he could do, no, <laughs> <but what is>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ben Denby say, uh, says, 3-4-1-2, um, um, Shin Zanka, Congolo, Derm, Hogg, Billing, Van La Parra as a left wing back, and Pritchard, and mooney and Kachunga, and Benz and Diakabi up front. I liked his sub-bench. I think Neil liked his sub-bench, which was Duncan Shearer, Maskell, Booth, Stewart, and the Chief. Uh... Paul Sheridan's asked to what's asked what's happened to Van La Parra, which we've just covered. Uh, Chris Taylor go with a 3-4-1-2 with Kachunga and Munier up front as well. That seems to be quite a popular call to try something different with Kachunga up front cosy which we we mentioned a little bit earlier. Um I remember Kachunga up front in the championship not really working. Um <laughs> so I'm a little bit reluctant to try that although then again the Twatch up front's not really working either, so but his Instagram account, I just want him to because his his snap
0: his Instagram stories are just showing him warming up now with dramatic music in the background. And honestly, you can't knock his enthusiasm whether it's him or his management team, but again it just shows everything about the guy, real positive character and that's what to I me mean. it's not if he can't get a game now when we've scored ten goals all season and you know, come on, get him on the pitch. Let's see what he can do and you'll never know. I, I just don't get it. I'd be i Would you be if you were Kachunga. younger? Um, I think to be Desperate to be really ear, really, really be like, get, me on, get me on, get me on, get me on star. Uh,
1: yeah, I think I would be, but I think to be blunt, when he played last season, he wasn't really. He didn't. I don't think he really showed up that well. I think he had an injury, didn't he? Sort of end of yeah. uh, before just after Wembley, and then he never really settled to be in fair, until I thought he would just start like, to Watford click in again.
0: the gear before, obviously the
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. He seemed to have Watford,
0: a, but. Yeah, but honestly, mate, he's driving in Leeds Road. He's put his indicator. He's going down Canal Side. He must be thinking, "What's the point? A grey all day, another seal. It's wet." But he, his attitude is spot on, mate. The guy for me he deserves to get him on. You know, even as a sub, I could not believe it. On yeah, Saturday. I think get I, him
1: on. I think that I think there's an argument, definitely, because as, if you're looking to get people in the box and off of people, putting a centre back and a target man up front just invites defenders to sit on them. Whereas someone like Kachunga's moving in the box, yeah. and that's what we're looking. So you need. You need a bit of a contrast to the big yeah. men.
0: Think of the, I know you'd have got put people on just for crowd noise, but the crowd would love it, wouldn't it? and what have you. And to me, it'd give you more than probably Sobby would, although I'd be, he's not played much enough to probably say. But yeah, I was surprised we didn't see him on that lineup at 2 o'clock on Saturday, but kind of shelved with the nose that I can very rarely get a Wagner team <laughs> And I said that like in last week's part.
1: Mm. So we've got Jamie Atkinson, says four two three one one got us promoted and kept us up. Um, get some numbers into the final third, which is what we've been saying. Uh which is great. So uh HTFC images says against Southampton, Newcastle the crossing and aerial game is useless. Um it needs to be played on the floor more against these physical yeah, sides, so big, therefore big needs, needs to play.
0: Sunday, good point.
1: Mm so and Benza needs to play up front as he's got pace. So yeah, so I yep. think Southampton we need to get behind, don't we? So yeah, I, that's partly why we're playing Benza as well, just to try yeah, and that's get what I behind. thought we missed against Palace. We should have done that. Uh, Malky, our buddy from New York, who's probably going to be cursing us again for this second depressive <laughs> depressive uh, podcast we're putting out. But he's put, it doesn't really matter who we play. Time to start getting players into the opposing penalty area. We'll never score again. Uh, and Mounier back in. So again, correct. And so Claire, uh, so thanks to, to Claire, Tom Reaney as well. Um, Terriers TV football writer will go 4-4-2 um, with Kachunga and Mounier up front. Uh, Nick Shackleton as well says Mounier back in. Um Sam also suggesting three four two one or four two three one but he's not sure about what offensive players to play off. Mounier, Phil Lawton. Um says apart from Mounier, what um apart from Mounier for De Poitra stick with the same team, uh, change the twelfth man. Um and then Jody Calvert I think's probably got it right where she says, I think I'll just cry quietly and sneak the occasional look through my fingers. I think that's how most tell of tell you Hughes must have done a bad job, because looking at their
0: squad, on their team on Sunday, it's incredible, as, as much as we don't like him, their bench had Charlie Austin on it, Shane Long, yeah, you could say maybe whether they're up for it, you know, Stephen Davis, who I thought were the best player when they played at our place last year, James Ward-Prowse, so absolute, I mean, you look at our bench, God, not with no disrespect, which obviously means you plenty of disrespect, but we haven't got anything like that, so no wonder, you know, that guy, new managers think, wow, so it does worry a little bit. Think surely he's got to get tuned out of some of that. But yeah, they they've got quite a lot of firepower. But I say let's you know we want not to die wondering Saturday. Let's let's go for it. But we, we've said this before, and yeah, yeah. So, thanks
1: thanks to everyone else for commenting. Paul Dobbin, Andrew Garner, Bradley, uh, William Bradbury, etc. Everybody, um, Mr. Watson and Joseph McGregor. I think all kind of saying similar things. Mooney up front, um, and just need to get bodies in the box. That is quite quite simply what people are asking yeah. for and it's been a it's been a bit of a running theme for me for two since 2018 I remember the Swansea game that Swansea game where we had 11 <sighs> versus 10 and yet we were, we put yeah I think it was 60 crosses into the box and every time we had one man in the box which was you said that last week Matt didn't you As can we play
0: against we've got a bad record of playing against 10 men but without going back up. with, it and, it
1: without, yeah. Yeah. with yeah. and without yeah with and without um, so don't sing off, off, off when Sostin's uh, <laughs> stuck the boot in again on us, everyone listening. So, since Neil's not here, this probably won't have the same impact. You're on your own here, <laughs> <mate. Poor laughs> But we're, we're going to throw in a Whopper of the Week. The you your just give you away. The things you say, you're unbelievable. Hey! Right, cos have you have you ever left your phone unlocked somewhere in the pub, maybe, or maybe when you're out with your mates, or, or maybe even more sinisterly, thought you're on one website and then entered uh, entered something on a different I, one by mistake. i heard from sport,
0: from cricketers, there's sometimes the games of credit card roulette, and, and this game's a phone roulette where I think it must be something of a drinking game, and if someone loses, someone get access to someone's phone, and in a minute they can send as many messages as they can to as many people, which sounds like my idea of absolute hell. But I think anyone, <laughs> when was it, Matt? It was Tuesday, wasn't it? Anyone going through their Twitter feed
1: on Tuesday, normal, usual stuff, Mourinho sugar, cloth, blah, blah, blah. And then... Nigel Clibbins has given it the old, hold my beer, hasn't he? And said, oh, I'm going <laughs> to blow these ones out of the water. And he's, uh, he's, he's put an interesting hashtag on there. I'm not going to repeat has it. it, though? Well... Uh, on his account I'd gone. like to think it's him. Yeah, I'd like to think there's more to trains in his life. <laughs> but he's um put an interesting one out there and um I'm not I'm not gonna repeat it. We're a family friendly show. Um but People there's a few know. screenshots floating, floating around and I think
0: and the tweet has been deleted, I'll have Mr. Pogba.
1: If you I think if you take a look at Graeme Rayner's uh, Twitter feed you might see a screenshot there <laughs> if you really want, but this week's Whopper of the Weep is the train loving <laughs> inter- internet genius internet genius Nigel Clebbins. well done Nigel <laughs>
0: <laughs> the you away the you say
1: you're unbelievable <laughs> you're so unbelievable
0: so, let's talk. There has been quite a few stories, obviously, in the Premier League over recent days. We have to... I mean, it's incredible. We could have talked about Marina being sacked and we probably were playing very away and it doesn't have any relevance to us at all apart from it's just a football story. I don't know about you, Matt, but my first thought was... Because everyone seems to have second clubs, Liverpool, Man U, whatever. My first thought was, no. Because I thought, genuinely, we might have had a chance of getting a chance something and we still might have unboxing Boxing Day but my first reaction was couldn't you have yeah I
1: think that <laughs> I think I think that's happened once or twice to us this, this yeah. year hasn't it um, <laughs> yeah I, I I think since the very start I, I just felt Jose Mourinho was a really bad fit for Man United um, he's tactically he's too negative for what Man United expect you know those fans expect sort of a cavalier swashbuckling attacking style of football and Mourinho's very sort of rigid <coughs> systems are, and are probably not made for Man United and I think he's he's kind of it almost feels like he was the man you know 10 years ago but f- I think football at the top end is all about fluidity now and and trying to get players in certain areas which are very very unusual Um so which Pep Guardiola's completely mastered at the very top and I just I just feel like the top end of football might just have passed Mr Mourinho a, a bye a bit more and his his methods have become a little bit dated. I don't know how you feel about that.
0: When people open their presents on Christmas Day and they open up a Lynx Africa set like most men will do and that as well. Socks. You know what you're gonna get. <laughs> a pretty average Diogen, a pretty average gel. When Man United deported Mourinho, that's probably the worst analogy it's ever been. <laughs> but you leave it in, don't it. But I Man United appointment, you know, that was what it was about. I think people forget they were in such a mess, you know, kind of no real kind of.
1: He has steadied them a little yeah, bit, to be fair, hasn't well, he's added he? He's had a definitely
0: is, is is welcome, but I think that's half of the problems because, yeah, I know I've seen these tweets going around, he's, he's won more trophies than Klopp, etc., etc., but I think this is the thing we were kind of mentioning with us the fans sticking in there despite the lack of goals it's it's that excitement I think I mean even on Sunday because I, I was trying to some of the Man United fans I were like saying well come on there were two deflections in Liverpool but you know really because normally if you would lost a derby, you'd, you'd come up with excuses but they just weren't having it they were saying look excuses you know the they didn't deflections like are not they going to win they were the rubbish game, did they? And, and it needs to change I think they were that sick of the football but it's all the carry on and Matter and Pogba on the bench and when you you know, when I've seen the, the odd games they look you know the players who are going to do something it yeah a lot of the stuff in the, in the media it, I I must admit I was surprised I, I thought it was going to go to the end of the season but
1: it seems weird doesn't it to it's sack, weird. sack a guy yeah. like Jose Mourinho when wins. they've
0: done what they've done since. yeah
1: they don't seem to have a plan and I think that's part of the problem with Man United I know this isn't a Man United podcast but the part of the problem is the back you know behind the manager at Man United you know Ed Woodward etc and all that lot don't really seem to have much of a clue of of what's going on there, or or what they need to do to get Man United back to the very top, and I think finishing second last year might have, might have just kind of set a few expectation levels that they were further down the line than what they actually were, you know, and and I would probably say that that's possibly hindered him slightly, but I I just feel like the the I don't really know what's going on there, and I I think there needs to be more of a sweeping change than just Jose Mourinho because. The, uh, for a club like Man United, not to really have much of a plan and to to bring out Ole Gunnar Solskjaer who got relegated with Cardiff, yeah. it just seems a bizarre one. You would you would expect a Man, a Man United of the past, you know, when they were a behemoth, if you like, just to go, we're getting rid of him there and we're going to get him there. And
0: I think the bit of that worried me because I, we've been there with ex players, and don't get me wrong, Pierre Jackson didn't work out too bad, did it? But there seems to be you need, need, need someone who knows the club and United because am I right to say Mickey feeling has gone back, back today to kind of assist and he got Solskjaer there seems to be this craving obviously they're very you know up front and out screens these Man United pundits we see Roy Keane what a time for him to come you know be in the studio on Sunday obviously Neville which you know, don't get me going on his tweet which you know I thought was well, pathetic from a, I suppose, I suppose a professional broadcaster He's not a fan who's doing a podcast pathetic tweet to, <laughs> to Pogba but yeah that's just my opinion but anyway back
1: on topic I think if I misread the um, misread the Pogba one yeah I you probably put, through, put out by a management two. team Yeah,
0: but I don't know there's just to be this craving get someone in from United but so what about I think he can't lose yeah Matt because if he if they just fade away they do, you know Champions League PSG maybe they'll get through maybe they're not I don't know they finish 7th don't win any of the Cups They'll say, "Well, the players. And it's not that you know. It's not all his fault. The players and get new matches I think are players What happens if he does well? What happens if they fly at the table? They get in the far, they win. I don't know. The FA Cup or something, Champions League. There's a decision to make then. But I suppose they might be said that to him. Look, call if you do a job, because I don't know enough about because he's in he's in management in a in a team in Norway, and I know their seasons are different. Because part of me thinks, well, hang on a minute. If you know, I know it's Man United, but if you know you're only going to get a job till May."
1: they've said he's on loan technically haven't they
0: have they yeah, so then, yeah cause it seems so weird news, but I know obviously it's like, almost like amateur football we hopefully no Norwegians <laughs> listening but, so
1: it's Man United yeah. set up at the minute I think yeah it's all very strange <laughs>
0: so, it, I, th- I think the end wasn't a surprise but just just when it's happened it's a surprise and uh, yeah the big question is it'd be interesting to watch from afar there's no fan on Man United and hopefully it won't start going in Boxing Day but of course. Is yeah. it that because the people saying they haven't got Man United haven't got the players? That was said by Keane on, on Sunday and they've not I got the players for Man that. United. I
1: don't really agree with that.
0: But I look at it and think, I don't think he's got the best out of these players, personally. No, I but don't. Only, we'll, only, we'll see now in the next five
1: months. I think there's some good players there. I think Rashford, Martial, really, really talented players, and I don't think he's getting the yeah. best out of them. No. But hopefully Solskjaer doesn't <laughs> get the best out of them either because we've got to go there on Boxing Day, haven't we? And depending on. Yeah hopefully the, it does on Saturday though. <laughs> Yeah and against Cardiff you, you you do kind of hope that they have a bounce Man United because a lot of teams what happens is they have the bounce in the first game and then they go back again you know it's it's like Please. one step forward two steps yeah. back Solskjaer doesn't fill me with a dread you know that we'll be going to Man United and facing an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer team because you know his, his record in, in England over here is not that great but it is Man United and you do wonder don't you whether we may have got a point or may have been able to bore them to death over there because mm. you know being being rigid does really sort of affect them. you know we played man united twice and we beat them 2-1 last year and we were 0-0 at half time last year at old Trafford as well just by being rigid yeah. and putting men behind the ball and you just wonder if that's going to change under solsha and whether the game plan would have gone with is now yeah i mean
0: now it, defunct it's an in, it's an interesting one i'm just hoping that yeah he you know Solskjaer comes in and does what he did at Cardiff. that's what we want him but not on Saturday because uh, yeah we want them to get their three points but uh, yeah Boxing Day has become that little bit uh, you know more difficult so so yeah right he's in his first home games against us isn't it?
1: It is. Oh no so
0: that's <laughs> obviously going to be there you know but the only thing I'd say Matt and I'm not everyone might not have the opinion but when we had Mick Wadsworth, you'd have took anyone to be the next manager. So there'll be people who've hated Mourinho for some time. So they won't, you know, like we're saying we can't get it. They'll, you get a lot of people a bit like Wednesday fans now that don't like this. Just look, I'll take anyone. I'll, I'll take anyone. Any out, so, so yeah. So we're thinking odd one on, but they'll be saying oh, it has got to be better than what Mourinho. So I suppose any time will tell. Does that bring us nicely to this Man United preview? And uh, I'll,
1: well. I'll be honest, I've never heard Mick Wadsworth compared <laughs> to Jose Mourinho. So I'll give you yeah. one for that. But I um. Another guy who who's just coming, is Claudio Ranieri as well at Fulham and we've got them as well on the 29th and we're kind of doing these little mini previews now because there's not going to be another podcast until the new year and we've got now Southampton, Man United, Fulham and then Burnley probably before we do a new podcast. Yeah. There's we will be doing some there.
0: post-match stuff, I'll try and do some stuff for Fulham and, and boxing hopefully not as... <laughs> Depressive as we were on Saturday. Matt, do you,
1: how many points do you would you say out of those four games? I think, including the Burnley one to on top, and obviously Saturday. Yeah. Wow, I think we need word. six points minimum. Yeah,
0: no, agreed, agreed.
1: If we don't get that, the it trouble is, I, I kind of want, do in January I
0: don't like saying I don't look, must not lose game, but I would kind of think if we could have got three, and maybe I will live in Land, three against Newcastle three against Southampton, then I'm thinking Fulham at 2 do all doing do me fine, but to be honest, I think we might need to go down there and.
1: That they they yeah. were really unimpressive against West Ham. So yeah, the league goals like left, right, and centre, don't they? Yeah, they we well? don't score goals, so it's, no, it's going to be. It, so, yeah. so it's either going to be yeah. nil nil or one nil either way, or maybe you know you yeah. know we could go there and win Let's one nil if they mate, beat others. It's probably just three nil.
0: Talk it up and we can't expect anything
1: else after I know it sounds defeating but this is what we're saying on Saturday is that we're running yeah. out of these winnable games yeah. if we if we don't beat Brighton if yeah. we don't beat Palace we don't beat XYZ down at the bottom we then need to start beating teams like Man United and that's my worry um, in that we're we're not winning games which you would you know you put yeah. a marker against certain games don't you, at the start of the year and you go do you know what? we need to pick up points there 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 yeah. and there if you fail to do so then you need to yeah. start taking them from but can I Man put, put United, some spin on it
0: can we send it another way we we win on Saturday and I know it's a big if and what have you and I've just looked at the odds in Southampton a massive favourite. So I was quite surprised I thought it would be a lot more even than that but say we win and we're out of the bottom three we've been pretty it's been pretty much hard work and a struggle but we have nearly halfway through the season and as others have changed the managers and as frustrating as it's been we, we could be out of the bottom three so I think we've just got to take positive there's half of the season to go I know you can pick them games out and this game's out but I, I want to kind of be stay at half full glass and say look we could be walking away Saturday having his Christmas drinks looking at that league team and above that line and to me it's all to play for yeah part of you thinks if this and if that and some ref had done this and that and the other but I'm trying to think yeah it is what it is second half of the season and kick on knowing we can bring in a reinforcement but you know I mean I'm worried but it is so it's going to be as long as we're in this division yeah
1: so a mate of mine um, over in USA uh, Gavin Walsh said you know he put he He tweeted as well, which was quite a good one, which said, um, we've got 21 games left. Uh, We're on 10 points and probably 34, 35 points in total keeps you up. And you've got to look at where we're going to get these 24 points from. It's the equivalent of eight wins, which means that we're going to have to win 38% of the games till the rest of the season. We need
0: that Matt. That's the thing. We just don't know do
1: it. Well, to me, if if we lose against Southampton, it, it starts to look like that bottom seven we we're talking about is starting to go into a bottom four you know because some of the teams are starting to pull away a little bit and we really do need to start beating teams down there to, to just to make sure as much as anything that we keep it a seven rather than four because I don't you know you look at three from seven you think oh those aren't too bad odds but three from four it's not, not the odds there aren't so good I ain't accepted
0: a tweet conversation I don't, I don't like people doing this to me but I thought a bit cheeky but between you know, Andy Oldsworth thanks so the sealed promotion legend and uh, Mr Rhys Dinsdale of yeah and he takes that chance podcast I think we'll say but I think Andy Oldsworth put a tweet he must be a Man United fan as well Rhys Dinsdale but you know only after Boxing Day surely Andy and Andy Oldsworth put I'm fearing the Boxing Day to forget and I kind of piped up with a Boxing Day to forget other sealed town at Man United on Boxing Day in a league game and I know people say, well, but, 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 but no. Mate, we used to be at Portville, or salt Oddsfield Town, and at Old Trafford on Boxing Day in a Premier League football match. That ain't a day forget. That's a day to enjoy, man.
1: No, I'll agree with you because I remember going to Carlisle every year. Yeah, remember when <laughs> so, we did and we lost and all. It were horrendous. I was
0: there, yeah. It was it were
1: absolutely
0: freezing and all. Didn't we, I think I went in a coach, I think it was 3-0 or something, and... I think i were on the couch about half past four. it, it was horrendous
1: it's i remember seeing a video of you and uh das goodall and a few others oh that, did on mean, that, that yeah. guy movie thing
0: and that as well yeah yeah, yeah back in good. the day we had that radian b which, uh, <laughs> we won on all that that tuesday night yeah i think you did good memories yeah I never forget where you come from i say
1: cool so um i think what we'll do is we'll have a um this is obviously the last podcast of the year, and I do apologise. It is another somber one. Me and you have got our somber voices on. It feels a bit like a funeral. Does well, this it? bit's not going to be? Because we're going to. But let's let's perk up a little bit now, in case you know, just just in case people are still listening to to what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. So, going into 2019, we should hopefully have more uh, more guests on board. We've got a couple lined up. Uh, we just need to uh, set some dates with them. So keep an eye out for what we've got coming up. Uh, we should hopefully, once uh, my mate Johnny uh, sorts himself out, we should have a website up and running. Uh, we now have a, a Facebook account, uh, so give it a, a a follow or a like on there. We've got a new Instagram account as well, which you are currently manning, aren't you, Cozzy? Uh, And again, follow us on, on SoundCloud, YouTube and and Twitter. Um, it does make a difference, uh, clicking the like button and, and following. I hate to beg for these things, but it's it's essentially... It uh, does help us out if you do do that. Uh, and also um, our sponsors, thanks to uh, BidOrBuyGolf.com who have sponsored us throughout the course of uh, their second half of this year. Um, if you quite fancy a holiday in Spain, and I know you do, Cosy, and you want to take, <laughs> in, <been> some, <laughs> and take in some golf, uh, have a look at BidOrBuyGolf.com. Uh, there's some good deals on green fees and accommodation there. And with 2018 drawing to a close, the curtain is ready to be drawn, but not before the voice.
0: <laughs> hastily trying to find a song. There's no preparation goes into this pod. Don't let anyone be fooled. I man. do, by the way. No <laughs> one day man, else, does. Yeah, else does. No one else does. Just me. Yeah, just apologies me. <laughs> that as well.
1: yeah. But we have, seeing as though it's Christmas, we could do with a little bit of Michael Boldly <laughs> and, and maybe a nice Christmas jingle. Yeah. Last Christmas,
0: Zanka bought us a drink. But the very next day, we gave it away. This year, (laughs) to save me from tears, Mooney Ake bought us shirts. That's it. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Keep supporting the pod. Have a great Christmas. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is! Take your place in Division Two, Huddersfield Town!
1: He's missed! Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears! Pate's got a chance! Yes. Pate scores! Jack Pate scores! Scores for Huddersfield Town! 3-2 Town! For a sherry, Danny Ward Shaves Danny Ward shaved! De Quattro's in, Ram 2-0 Huddersfield Town! Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game, shared with my family. Only made better by ordering McDonald's via Delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box. Spot on. Order McDelivery now via the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions
0: for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS.